brought all the boys together for the first ever podcast. We're going to discuss if our perceptions are actually accurate to what's in the external environment. Before we get into the discussion, I would like to know everyone's opinion on if our perceptions of the environment are vertical or not. Meaning, is what we actually see accurate. So when we look at, say, Joel's water bottle, is that exactly how it is in the external environment? Or is that how our brain constructs some sort of environmental stimuli into that water bottle? And then we're going to go through a couple topics and see if anything changes by the end of it. I'd like to start by going in a circle and state your name, your degree, or if you have color deficiency, and then we will get into the topics. We'll start, we'll, we'll start with Brayden. Hi, I'm Brayden. I'm doing an degree majoring in philosophy, minoring in economics. Um, I think generally um, it doesn't matter what our perception is. Uh, it's probably not true to the actual reality of the world, but it doesn't matter because it lets us form our beliefs based off what we see, and that's all that really matters. Alright, alright, and then we'll go to Jack. My name's Jack Lombard, and I'm majoring in business and minoring in economics. And I... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's a valid answer. I don't know. I think... I haven't... Yeah. <laughs> you, you haven't really thought about it. I haven't thought of it, yeah. That's, to that's totally fine. Hopefully we'll shed some light on maybe the if it's actually accurate or not. But it's totally fine to not really know if what we see is accurate. Because at the start, you know, you think, well, of course it's accurate. It's exactly what I see. But hopefully as this goes on and I bring up some points from my class, maybe you'll, you'll change your mind on some things. All right, so we'll go to Joel next. Um, I think that... We perceive things that are happen to be real. Like we can't, we we can perceive things that are real and not real. But we the things we perceive to be real, it's hard to distinguish that line between what's like real and not real. Obviously, as there's there's always mistakes with what the human brain can and cannot perceive. But I think that at some point to form those opinions, you have to be presented with something that is real. I don't think that if you're never if you're never presented with any stimulus, I don't think you could ever really have any idea. It's just like not being aware, like not knowing what you don't know. So it's like, I think it all stems from the idea that something must have occurred to be real for us to experience something that may or may not be real. Mm. All right, I'm going to move on to Chris next. I'm Chris. I'm majoring in uh, physical education and minoring in psychology. Um, I think our perception of things is very simplified for for humans, but it's because of that it's easily deceived. So, but it's just super simple because it makes us able to react to things a lot faster and to like input things a lot quicker. But it's not the most like I guess accurate at times. All right, and then the and we'll have Matthew. Kind of wrap this this first section up. Um, I think that what we s perceive is a construction of our brain, but if I had to just like wager a guess, I would say that for the most part, it's like an accurate perception of what's actually in the environment. So I'd say that, like, outside of like tricking somebody into seeing something or like tricking somebody into seeing one color with like a certain filter or something like that, I would say that. Even though our perceptions are just an interpretation made by our brain, I would say that they're in agreement with what's actually in the external environment for the most part. I, aside from like, I guess, hallucinations and stuff like that. Or, but yeah, I'd say that's my opinion. Right. Well, I guess I should add because part of the project is that I have to state what I thought at the beginning of the class and at the end of the class. But at the beginning of the class, I really thought that it was very accurate. Like obviously, because we you know, navigate our environment pretty well. Like, we have to be able to see the shape of things and the motion of objects in our environment to actually kind of survive. It's not always necessarily accurate because, you know, uh, during research for certain projects in my honors thesis, um, it's like, if we see a stick in the environment, our initial belief might think it's a snake, 
because you know it's it's better to be uh, inaccurate and alive than accurate and dead. You know. So if we see a stick when we're walking through the forest and we're like, oh my god, it's a snake, and you have your fight or flight response and you get out of the way, and then you're like, oh never mind, it's a stick. It's better to think it's a snake than when it's a stick than if it's a like a stick or a snake first you know what i'm saying it's like better to overreact yeah first. it's better to overreact than it is to like underreact because if we don't act quickly that could lead to harm to our to ourselves mm. so initially i guess other than like kind of what i learned at the start of class and some of the research i probably thought that our perceptions were pretty accurate to the uh, environment at hand because obviously we function and as a species we've been alive for a really long time um, so like the first kind of topic I wanted to talk about was color because it's kind of the easiest to manipulate and kind of get your feet wet into what we perceive as not accurate because normally we see color as just like you think oh it's just the wavelength but that's not always the case because and then I'll get you guys' opinion on this but like color is probably the easiest to manipulate and when we see say in class we saw uh, two pictures of Rubik's cubes with filter over it and then we saw two colors one was blue one was yellow and we perceived them as blue and yellow but in reality they were gray so they can't be correspondent to the wavelength because if we saw it exactly as the wavelength went off, we would see it as gray. So there has to be something that our brain does to give us that color. Mm. So what are your kind of thoughts on seeing color in the environment? Like, is it pretty accurate? Oh, wait. Can we remember? Sure. We can. Go ahead first, then. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. I, th I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I mean, I would agree that if I was going to go by the ones that seemed, like, less accurate, that color would definitely be one. Because, like, it's so easy to fool people with color. And especially, like, you know, like you were talking about with filters with the Rubik's Cube. But then also, um, like, just the amount of people that, like, fail those color tests and stuff. Where it's, like, which one of these colors sticks out? And, and it's, like, the, the spread of people of when they can actually, like, not distinguish colors anymore is so huge that, like, I don't think you could really say definitively that like color is objective for any one person like it's it seems like it's always sort of a subjective thing which like i guess depends on even just the structure of your eye like that you're genetically born with but it also got me thinking about like that uh i don't really know if it's a philosophical problem or more of a um like psychology based thing but there's that that there's that old like um like thought experiment about mary or whatever and does she see the color red and she like reads everything that there is to know about the color red and it's like has she has she experienced red in the same way that someone who's seen the color red has sort of if she's like collected all the possible information on the color red and it's like so that like the fact that those thought experiments um polarize people so much to one side or the other kind of tells me just on instinct that that's sort of like red is or red uh color is definitely something that people can be fooled on quite easily i'd say right and like i i hate to pick on jack because he's color deficient <laughs> um but like say you look at sorry you're what color deficiency are you <laughs> like red <laughs> red blue or it's no it's it's either red green or green red i can't remember exactly there's it's one of those two though right so if you say we all look at the same say water bottle and it's red and like five of us are like it's red and then you can't tell the you're like well like what color would you see if something was red what color would you see uh, well that's a hard probably question to answer probably yeah. red but it's more things that are similar colors like i don't know blue and purple i typically get mixed up mm -hmm. okay but jack um, it's still red for you right yeah, like yeah. that's still when right. we're talking when we're all talking about red it might have that same wavelength that we're all talking about, but we all look at it differently. So right, we might see a different I think variation we have different of perceptions red. of the same. I yeah. think what you're, thing. I think like what that's kind of saying is that color is a collective agreement on a certain 
experience we yeah. share. And even if somebody experiences it differently, we all still we agree because we don't know anything outside of that. Basically. Well, there's no, right. there's no in between. There's no connection that we can make outside of our own mind. experiences and our Some own senses, right? Mind or we only have yeah. our, we only have our senses to collect information with. We can't link so ourselves to. To, to some some external source where we can kind of compare to a, a blank sheet. You know what I mean? We're all, we're, we're continually influ influenced by our environment, right? So, so, Joel, would you say when we're looking at something, what does it exist objectively true as this thing, i.e. the wavelength, as like red is this thing that we classify as this certain wavelength, but it also exists as a yeah. certain perception. Yeah, I, I think we, it's just have. a matter of definition. Like, I think color can be used for the sense of you classify yellow as being whatever it is, 700 nanometers, you know what I mean? But I think that definition is falsely transferred over to experience, you know what I mean? It's just how we interpret it as saying, okay, we see a banana, we say that's yellow, that must be 710 nanometers. When that might might not be correct, right? It's it's just we have to uh, collectively agree on something to be analytical, but our experiences can influence what we see. And it's not it, it just because we might experience differently from one another that doesn't mean we're wrong because we're still we're still on the same basis. You know what I mean? We're still we're still all experiencing the same wavelength in. You know what I mean? Well, I, I think color is a completely human thing, though. Like it's perceived. I don't know if it's really. There's no way to know whether it's a completely human thing because different species perceive color in yeah different ways. I was just gonna think and that. Like, like it's it's just our like interpretation of what we're viewing based on our neurological makeup. I think. And for me, like I have a unique interpretation because mm -hmm. I'm colorblind, where I see things differently. And I think it's just completely a makeup of, like, what genetically you are. Because, you know, like, animals, like, it doesn't, like, they don't even, like, cats only see, like, primarily just black and white, I want to say. Right, like, I think we're led to and believe that dogs and cats just see black and white. Who's well, to say that not... their interpretation is wrong and that ours is right? Right. Yeah, well, that's what like, I was it's just it's just an interpretation. I think the I thing you have like. to think consider though is that we are only able to experience what we can perceive. Yeah. Right. I don't so, think we're wrong, but I think it's more that right. we don't know what is physically right. It's just what we know, and there's yeah. nothing. Yeah. There's wrong. no. There's no. There's no universal right. It's just we have to make a set of definitions. Mm -hmm. I think. Well, I mean, because like at the end of the day, all of these colors, every like different. Every person and every species and animal and everything like that, they all have their set of different filters, and the quality of that filters, like their eyes and stuff like that, are varying amongst all those different things. Mm -hmm. So while I think objectively something might be like one, like it could be one thing, it's taken in differently by who views it. So, and then through that viewing process going through your filters, it's taken in differently by everybody, but they'll all still see that object as that same color to them through their own experience. So you would say that everything we observe is subjective rather than objective, at least in terms of color. I would say that for sure because, I mean, even just a couple of years ago, there was that huge like trend about that dress being mm -hmm. blue mm -hmm. and gold or whatever, mm -hmm. and it was the same picture, and it was like millions of people saw it, and you had two different sides of people seeing this dress a different color. So while the picture itself never changed, the way that people perceived it was always different, mm -hmm. depending on like how they had seen the object itself. Mm -hmm. right. I do think it was And that different. comes down to, sorry, and then I'll let you talk, Brayden. Yeah. That all comes down to how our brain filters light from the environment. Because if your brain filters as, as the light is coming from an external source, then I think you see it as white and gold. Where if you think that the, like the filter comes from the dress, then you see it as blue and black. So it's all based on how our, our minds kind of construct and make assumptions about the external environment to where we make 
educated guesses or like hypotheses about what's actually out there and that's why we see the differences of either oh it's blue or black or it's white and gold or it's that other it even extends to other property like other senses but we'll get into that but you're making those later. hypotheses subconsciously though right, right like you're not the question i have about that sorry is do you think that occurs at the moment you first experience that and your brain is then set on a certain like perception right. or I, I like i think you can kind of flip-flop like you know you have your you have those optical illusions where it flip-flops and your brain doesn't well, know what to process can i can i just ask a kind of question yeah, yeah. to joel is when you saw that so if we're just going off of the blue and gold and white and was it white and gold? White, white and, and gold, gold yeah. and blue and black. Yeah, oh, blue and black. Yeah. Uh, when you look at it, when you see it the first time, do you not just only see it like that? Did you flip flop between the two? Looking at, I did, looking at the I same image flip-flop. on the same screen, did you flip flop between I did the two? Flip-flop. I never I covered up parts of the screen where the light sources were coming from. That that was actually okay. a weird thing for me. I, was, I never flip flop. I originally saw it as white and gold, but then when I covered up, because I read uh, something that was talking about how it was because of how your brain perceives light. Uh, like the light sources and if they're natural or artificial and I so I covered up like the margins of the screen where the light was coming in and like I could f- sort of like force myself to see mm-hmm. black and blue it was kind of weird but yeah. Yeah. right so it's hard to say what's actually in the external yeah. environment because we all are experiencing the same wavelength and yet we all we might get similar results or we might get different results yeah. like I, I see white and gold and I've never seen black and blue and I've you can you can and he yeah, can only see black and blue but we all experience the exact same stimuli right. so something has to be occurring within our brain that makes it so that that external stimuli is changed as it comes would in would you say then that is necessarily a question of our definition of color or our definition of perception cuz who's to say that we're defining black differently you know what i mean like but we all we, don't know. we all agree upon when we look at something like if we look at that TV right over in the corner over there, that is black. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. No matter what you see subjectively, we're all agreeing objectively that is black. Yeah. Yeah. But when we look at this image, it's and black. That's, or it's but that's I think the important thing to know, right? Is I don't think it's a difference in definition. I just think it's that it can't be a difference in definition because we all agree upon the definition that that so thing having, over there is black. It's definition yeah. or it's. Not definition, sorry, it's the difference in subjective experience, not definition. Because when we agree on black, when we say black, that is black. Every single person in this room would agree that what is black. What were you going to say before? Sorry. I don't even remember what I was going to like, say. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, I <laughs> no, feel no. like even if you can't perceive what black is through your whole life, whatever black is to the majority, you know, to you, that's always been labeled as black. So while personally you might see something that looks more like a gray color since everybody growing up has always said it's black i imagine you would probably associate that gray color i, I think that's well, dangerous territory though because for them that's not gray color that's black but that's that's, that's your gray yeah, that's not their as gray, a subject black. as like but the, i would kind of say that's kind of reflects on me because yeah. i've had things where i initially thought like the biggest thing for me was blue and purple when i was growing yeah. up but like i'd always seen purple is blue for a long time but then i kind of learned things right. through people correcting me yeah right and where it's like i still think it's almost blue, have but because your definitions of, changed over but, time potentially yeah, I'd but say, Jack, yeah it would. can you tell the difference between the two right now yeah well it's I it has to be layer. it's like it's not if you get a definitive definitively blue and like obvious purple like the basic colors i can do it but when they're kind of these different sort of colors where that are like kind of so if i give you like a magenta and like a light blue or like something where like it's like sort of similar yeah like like they're kind of like like that might be a bad example but like something where they're like (laughs) where for like a normal person without a color deficiency and you're looking at it you're like oh like there's there might be a difference there but i can't tell you would not be able to tell whatsoever yeah yeah and it's more like i mean the only time it's extremely obvious is colorblind tests. I mean, you can, like, I seriously, like, people see a number on, like, these 
just it's just a bunch of circles of different colors and they can see a number or a picture or something and i can't see anything and it just looks beside each other can you say that's blue that's purple or if it's like that's just blue can you say oh that's blue kind of like, like if, if they're separated does it right like uh, if you're only looking at blue can you say oh that's blue not purple like when they're not like kind of mixed yeah. Right, kind of like yeah. there. It's you're exposed to, to one color. Can you say that's blue um, and not purple, or is it like? But may, may that might yeah, be the root I, of the I definition. Think, I think I could for sure, but it's it's definitely like not as obvious. Right. So to might, like the average person, where like I'd actually have to like analyze it and like well, not for that long, but like right. Yeah. But like I'd have someone to actually, be like, oh, that's blue like people would like, see it like that. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. where me, I have to actually like analyze it for like you know a couple seconds right and i think it's maybe that's when it when you have all these little circles that are connected to each other like it gets harder it it gets so hard to like differentiate them where it just becomes like they don't look the same but you can't make out an image that other people can't right Right. so i feel like you need like that external source where when what you said like with somebody correcting you because for you a certain color like it's associated with the name blue but to us, blue looks different than what blue looks like to you. So yeah. how, but how do we know, Chris? Blue? How, how do we know that your blue looks the same as my blue? We don't. That like, right? well, because like, I'm not correct. But I feel no, like no. But it, it doesn't matter if you're correcting me or not. Whatever we are agreeing upon as blue, no matter what we're perceiving oh, as yeah, blue, it's still blue. Is the same thing. It's for just yeah, I think but our I lack like of confusion is what gives the definition in that case. Yeah. Because with Jack, yeah. he'll get too confused, but with us, yeah. we'll say we know this, we know this. So how do we know that it's actually blue? I don't think we you'd actually have to do be know analytical. That. Oh, have, majority. We, you'd have to be analytical. So if you say by the majority, you look whatever the Greeks were around flat earth everyone's like the earth is flat because everybody sees the horizon everybody thinks the earth is flat so it doesn't necessarily mean that because we have a majority opinion that we're right i think I that's so we don't actually know what color is presented to us it's just what our brain but, thinks but the earth is flat is like something about like it that's it's about physical, something that's, but like, yeah, you have to think if you're like, touch conditions. Colors only, like, but it's, it's completely a subjective thing. Like, I feel but like. But it isn't, Jack. It isn't no, a thing. But, but like, no, but like, but like, something like the earth is flat is like a theory. Well, no. color isn't like, it's more just an interpretation and giving it a definition. And I feel like for the majority, peop, most people have the same, like, but brain Jack, makeup when it comes to cones or whatever it is in your eyes and things that right, allow you to perceive have, colors so then people yeah, have a similarity can i say something to you Jack, though, like, colors. if we're defining blue we can define it by the wavelength no matter what we each perceive we can objectively define it by what the wavelength that blue comes through as the numerical value. Right? there's there's a value to give it that makes it blue okay. the wavelength isn't the definitive answer if you take gray strawberries and put a filter over it, and we look at the strawberries and we say that's red, that's well, doesn't be- that change the wavelength that it comes out at? No, it comes out as gray, but we see it as red. Right. That's the problem with the definition of color. So you can't define not- it by its wavelength. Okay, I, I know I what Braden's saying though, because like filters will like block light, but I, I think we the idea is that it's like a men- like a mental filter. Yeah, like we because our prior experience says that. Right. strawberry should be red because when we see a strawberry as like a fruit and we eat it it's red so if we see a picture of it but it's actually gray with a filter well we'll still you'll, see it as red it but red. it's not because of the wavelength so it has to be something else that we impose on it yeah i was gonna say earlier and i kept repeatedly forgetting but i remember it my like thought thought experiment on it would be like a lot of it, a lot of what we're saying here could be told by your answer to the question of before advanced eyesight like humans have existed like biologically in the animal kingdom did color as we perceive it exist and it's like before before there were eyes that were capable of perceiving what we perceived for like like uh, older organisms I guess or like stuff that had just developed like ocular senses like no did the colors that we see right now exist technically probably but like not. physically like the wavelength you'd say well like if this if this there. if this existed you know 150 million years ago or however long you want to say 
like the 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 wavelength of light that this reflects would still be the same. But that's my But point. does the color as we perceive it exist back then? Basically, right. But it, it, it probably does exist, would not. Though. No, the wavelength not the exists. Color. The external stimulus exists, yeah. Yeah. but not the color. But because not, we, we perceive the color. So With humans came color. We're, yeah. Or like, I mean, let's, let's call it color as we well, know it. Well, but color I'm, as humans know it well, that's, exists that's because like of our interpretation. That's what I mean. I'm so saying, we're in like, general agreement that color is perceptive. It is yeah. something subjective. Color is It's a subjective experience opposed to an objective truth. In my opinion, color is completely subjective. Things that are like 3D, like physical things, like this is cylindrical. I think this is objective. objective. Color is subjective. Physical shape and things. Objective. You need another just, sense just to, just to, to keep make this that... conversation moving. Sorry, I've I... got to switch. No, no, yeah. that's good. That's good because that brings me into the next part. Is like if we see color as only subjective, why can't all our other senses be subjective? Is this the this is the new topic, right? Right. Okay. So it it works with sound. It works with touch. So why can't it work with shape and how we perceive literally anything in the environment? I'm not saying that nothing exists out there. That isn't uh, a way of thinking that, like, as soon as I cease to exist, everything else ceases to exist. It's kind of depressing. Like, <laughs> hey, it's probably, true. It's true. There's pro- to us, subjectively, everything else does mm. cease to exist. Yeah. But there's, pro- there's probably something in the external environment that gives us input that our brain makes sense of. Because even with touch, if you take this board cross your fingers like this and rub it along it feels like two different edges yeah but there's still only one edge so it works with other other ways we can be tricked into thinking so if you cross your fingers like this and rub your hand along it feels like two different edges does it yeah well i think all senses are subjective (laughs) yeah so all of our senses can be tricked so how do we know what's actually in the external environment is I, real. I don't think we can ever be certain. Right. I don't think there's to... ever a hundred percent certainty. There, there's that's it's like the whole thing where, like, you could get into like all the like the deep dives where we're in a simulation. But like, if we were in a simulation, we would never know it. You know what I mean? Like, right. it doesn't it doesn't change our experience. You know, it just is just a thought experiment. You know what I mean? That's... And. No, you can. Oh, I was just gonna say that's kind of what I was saying in my when I was talking at the very beginning, where I said that I think that you like your interpretation is like accurate in most. Like I feel like for three D objects and things that are tangible that we can touch and like, I just think that the the, our perception of color is much easier to trick than our perception of touching something. So like I would say that we can't definitively know. That this is a cylinder, just because we can't like all share an, an experience like directly and compare. But like, I think it is highly unlikely that my sense of touch is being fooled, and this is actually some other crazy. You're not being fooled. Well, you literally just did this experiment. No, I know that your that's sense like, of touch was fooled. No, I know. I, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm just saying that like in comparison to color, like well, tricking someone with like a 3D I, object is a lot harder. I think that like our sense of touch and tangible things like that's a cylinder is also supported by a, a bunch of different other sciences. Like for example, if we're filling this, like there's probably science to how it would fill with a liquid well, we because it's cylindrical. Well, too. We have but, yeah, we, we have color science. We have cones in our eyes that see things. No, but I think it's like there's actual like I don't know. I I don't really know how to describe it, but like there's like physics and other things. There's a lot more there's science. Lot I think we can back behind tangible things that we touch and like. But the same science exists with, for things that we see, smell, hear. The exact right. same science exists for right. those things. Even color though. Color, yeah. is, seeing, color, seeing is different than color. I color think color is, is less though, because like, I think color is yeah. in its own. But like, thing. If, if you're gonna say like, oh, like physics exists so we can touch things, it exists so we can see things too, right? Like you, like there is again, whatever, whatever. There's wavelengths, they don't necessarily define whatever, but those still exist. Like there's still a science behind why we see, why we touch, why we taste, why we smell, why we hear. Like mm. there's a science behind it all. And yet, all of those senses can be tricked in some way, even with taste. In yep. class, we took, it's like, 
uh, I forget what it's called, but it's like it's like magic candy, and it can make things that are sour and salty, I believe, taste sweet, mm-hmm. because yeah. our taste receptors are built so that like certain things can just pass through, and other things have to go through like a pore basically. So if we can, with this magic candy, it'll make that like salty thing just pass through to appear sweet and yet it's still salty but we taste it as sweet so all of those things can be changed so it's kind of like it still kind of plays on the color like how do we know it's actually sweet or salty it's more of like a subjective experience right. Raiden loves bitter things <laughs> i hate bitter things they taste awful and yet that's still a subjective experience of whether something tastes good or something tastes bad so how do we know if it actually tastes good or it actually tastes bad we all have a role in what we perceive in the environment regardless of whether it's shape or t- color or touch well i was gonna say since like this is kind of about our senses of like feeling i feel like the reason well like kind of the other points that were brought up was like you're using other factors to determine that that's like glass and that's a cylinder like using your like your vision and mm-hmm. stuff like that to, to understand that that's what it is but i feel like in simple things like videos you see online and stuff like that of people who hide things underneath a cardboard box and you remove all your like accessory sort of things to perceive something and just rely on your ability to touch oh, a lot of times you'll mm-hmm. commonly find people who they might touch something like a teddy bear or something soft at first, but the only thing they touch is like a sharp part of like mm-hmm. the threads, and they immediately get scared because they think it's something sharp. When mm-hmm. in reality, it's just a piece of the fabric that was a little yeah. sharper than usual. So I feel like it is just as easy, in a sense, to fool your touch when you're removing all your other accessory accessories to determine. What eyesight can eyesight is easily separated from your other senses you know what i mean right. at least in in the sense that touch is very much correlated with your other senses you know or what like I mean? taste is correlated with smell i, I get right what right so like even in that taste sense if you plug your nose usually like that's what it was oh this medicine tastes yeah. terrible plug your nose yeah. yeah and then it doesn't taste like really anything so who's like, to say it actually is something that tastes bad then you know right. what i mean yeah that's what i'm right. saying like everything can kind of be fooled and Braden, you were trying to raise a point i think yeah so so with joel when you're talking about eyesight seems vastly different from the rest of your senses i just i don't understand what you're saying by that because it seems that well i'm saying that it's rely on each it's, other it's, you're saying senses don't rely as much on the other senses as i'm saying that i i feel like you could you can maybe somehow link it to the way our nerves are connected into our brain and where they're going and where they're isolated but i i would maybe think that your eyes can be more like are they exist in a more isolated state compared to your other senses mm-hmm. in the sense that um like they're all working together but very like in and it's it's all how you're living right so if you're you're normally walking and you're you're touching something you're going to be looking at what you're touching but a lot of the times you're not you're not touching what you're looking at or or you know what i mean I, i'm just saying that as a certain example i'm not saying it's changing i'm just saying i think that might be something that could be unique about eyesight i don't know. i would just say i disagree with you I agree. because well, i think that there's other contextual clues you get along with your eyesight that clue you into what's going on Right, and if so, if you're saying that, and it helps you cue, if you think your vision can be fooled, and doesn't actually perceive what's out there, and you're like, oh well, I can see this is a cylinder, and I feel it's a cylinder, but your eyes are, are easily fooled. Mm-hmm. Who's to say that your touch isn't easily fooled? Well, like it was just running it along the crocodile bowl, and you think it two edges rather than one my question is though is why i mean maybe all of you don't share this opinion but i find that eyesight and like the color as an example i think that's in my mind it's much more subjective in my opinion than something like touch but why is that i understand your theories and why maybe like things like touch and like actual physical tangible things like shape of things how that 
maybe that's just the perception of what we see, but why does it seem not as subjective as something such as color? Is that my just is that only my opinion no, that I color is more subjective rather than you could take that back to the sense that humans evolved with color as a priority and we we give color and vision a higher priority in our brains as growing up like well, you can do like the monkeys experiments where like we needed to evolve color and have better eyesight to see a fruit and then um where other animals don't need eyesight their experience could be much more physical and much more like somatic in the sense of like a worm moving through the ground you know what i mean like they could be asking if they were able to ask questions they could also be asking why does it seem like touch is way more important than smell you know what i mean like, yeah, like I think it comes down to to what what you as a person function as, and I think I think that eyesight's probably one of the most important senses that humans evolved. Uh, oh, I would disagree entirely. I would agree with that completely. I feel like the main reason I why I would agree with something like eyesight being such a priority is also in the same sense of you have to sort of perceive certain threats and stuff like that for survival. So. I feel like it's the same thing with the main reason why we have blind spots. Like, you can hold a pen in between your eyes, but you can still fill in gaps and stuff like that. Or you have blind spots, but your brain still fills in gaps because it needs to. And the same sense as why so many other creatures and other animals have evolved to have such bright colors and to make them be perceived as a threat because very vivid, bright colors are often associated with certain things like poisons and stuff like that, like things that are harmful. So I think eyesight is probably one of the most important things that we had to develop. Can I ask you a question, sir? Yeah. Would you rather see or touch? I would rather see. Than be able to touch anything. Be able to have the sensation to perceive of touch, not to per- touch. To perceive touch. perceive touch or perceive You touch a hot element and you're like, Eesh. I, I think ra- I'd rather see. I would rather. You would rather see, see than you'd rather touch. Well, well, we have knowledge now as a society that allows us I to say know. we would rather see than Maybe. touch. But like, as, from a survival perspective, purely, we have ev- like animals <laughs> evolve the ability to move away from like, like there's so many animals that are blind. Like if you go back on the evolutionary track, yeah. like vision is something that evolved significantly later, the which means that it was something that the environment didn't select for until later on. Like it, it wasn't like in the precedence of like things that like multicellular life needed to evolve being able to detect physical stimulus and pain was a lot higher on the evolutionary totem pole than being able to detect like a visual stimulus Mm -hmm. because like you think of all the so it's like that's just why i think touch is more important because like we can say now like we're we're a educate like yeah we're I, educated we're, we're outside of like, the evolution yeah we're not yeah. part of like like we are part of nature still in a sense but like we have knowledge now where we can take away one of our stimuluses and still be able to say like like if you're looking at a hot element like if you had no prior knowledge of what a hot element does and you put your hand on it and you can't detect touch you could die because you're not able to detect this stimulus but like the only reason that it's not as big of a deal for us is because we have vision and we've learned yeah. about these things and we've like made them for ourselves. So someone else will give you the knowledge in a different way. It's not like you have to learn it like by yourself. You know what I mean? So then if you're saying, sorry, Brent, I'll, or you go. No, actually you were yeah. going for it. I didn't want to like, I wanted to ask the question not to prove that like, oh, touch is better than sight. To prove that not, it, it doesn't matter like what perception we're talking about. They can still all be fooled and they're still all equally important. Yeah. But because it's a subjective experience, perception, no matter what sense it is, is, I believe, a subjective experience. Mm-hmm. We, we can't just say we can't you have would one say evolution, evolutionary-wise, each sense is equally important? I, well, I wouldn't necessarily say each sense is equally important because evolution shows us otherwise, right? Like, some people, like Matthew says, like, if you live in a dark environment, you're obviously not going to sight because you don't need to see anything. Right. Right? But... You have what you have because you need to have it. Yeah. And whatever that means is we have like that subjective view of whatever we're using our senses for. I lost my train of thought. I think it was uh, Chris that raised a point about our, we have a blind spot and our brain fills in the gaps. Mm. So how do we know 
at all times kind of what our brain fills in. If it fills it in all the time, then part of our perception is always maybe wrong or like altered because it's like that's not actually there. Our brain just fills it in. It's not actually a stimulus that's provided to us. And that can be done with blind spot tests. And like if you in class, we had a line with a gap in it. But if you held it at a certain spot, it just looked like a full line without no gap. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like that sort of relates to the like what we were talking about earlier, where it's much more important to be like to overreact than to underreact because it's to, there's uh, like an actual physical test as well can't remember the name of it but essentially it comes down to like a speed versus accuracy test where like this it's a lot easier to like jump a pencil between two circles if the circles are very large and you can get it in very quick and I feel like then it is to have the circles be very small and try and do the same thing and get at get it as accurate because I feel like when it comes to vision with queuing in these like blind spots with colors and filling them in it's mostly just your brain trying to do that for efficiency and quickness sake and it has to take a hit on accuracy to accomplish that when humans are trying to just function to be able to do the functions that they need to do in their daily like, lives and such i have a sorry just to quickly one last thing to, to ask her to, to respond to your question about how do we how do we know that, like, let's say our brain isn't just filling in the gaps, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think you could bring that back from the minimal amount of psychology stuff I know about. I think you could at least make a reference to the idea of, like, let's, like, conditioning, right? And if the brain is conditioned to perceive a stimulus and associate that stimulus with some response, right? And you take away that actual stimulus, after some amount of time, it's been shown that our response will go away, like right? Extinction. So if we continue, so extension, so if we continue to perceive and to experience and to, like, sense, um, I think based off of that fact, at least subjectively, that we feel we continue to perceive that there must be some external source, as if there were no external source, that extinction event could occur and we wouldn't be able to perceive anything. And that goes back to evolution, right? Where if there's, we take away all sound, then we're going to eventually in millions or, or thousands of years, remove all of our hearing capability. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? You know more about that than I do. Well, I don't know. I think over the course of the class, it kind of was apparent to me that like all our stimulus can be fooled. Yeah. So it's hard to say that what we actually see in the environment is accurate to what's actually out there. We may all perceive it as a glass mug that says A&W on it, but how do we know it actually is a glass, well, it's maybe glass, but you know, how do we know it actually looks like that and says A&W on it? why are you it? saying actually looks like that? Like, because we don't have, so the way no, but I'm saying like, I'm explained just... was that every... Every sense that we have goes through us, right? Yeah. Like when you touch something, you have an influence on it. So kind of what it, kind of what I took away from the class was that kind of we are a part of the equation, right? So yeah. you have the response is equal processing. to the external environment plus your process plus how we process yeah. it. So no matter what, we are part of the equation. But so that we'll must all have subjective experience on something, and you know, we all might perceive it as white, but maybe it's like an eggshell white compared to like a cream white, yeah. you know? Like, everything is kind of... So I think that experience only changed. exists with the two together. Like, you can't just say, like, does it exist? I don't think that's necessarily a valid question. As for it to exist, we must be perceiving it, you know what I mean? Like... Right, because things exist that we can't perceive. Ultraviolet rays we can't yeah. see, but we know it's exist there. through the different technology, but right. we can't perceive them. So a long time ago, we wouldn't know what ultraviolet rays were. It was kind of like our, our um, like what we think is out there is more of like a hypothesis. Right. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Everything outside of our sense, our perception is is necessarily is only a s like a like an educated guess and with more information that can be built upon right and we change how we see it 
something that I used in class when it came to sound was like I played music at my at uh, our Pelican Lake cabin once and I played like six rock songs in a row and I could tell the difference between each band that was played and yet my cousin was like oh was that all the same band right. so as you kind of get that experience and extra knowledge on a specific educated guess of what's actually in the external environment you can build on it like all country music sounds the same to me but somebody who actually listens to country music could be able to pick between different notes and different styles of artists you know mm. it's kind of like what i'm trying to get at is that everything is kind of a hypothesis of what is actually out there and we can't for certain say what's actually but why out there. why like, do, why does something actually have to be out there you know what i mean why, well, why that's does that a completely different train of thought that it, we create everything yeah like at like, the end of the class he was kind of like he didn't really go into this but his professor did was that we create our own body as we see it you know that would kind of explain body dysmorphia how people are like oh i'm way too fat but then they're like 100 pounds right but they perceive themselves as bigger than they actually appear to be to other people. But how do we know, kind of, are they actually big or, you know, like those are different things. Like body dysmorphia is a good way of how we can be perceived by size. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? I kind of missed something there, I think. Yeah, go ahead. Um, but just, if we can go in a circle and just kind of say what we think here. <laughs> For touch, sorry, still? No, no, no. This is, can ask I've just, I, I think oh. there's something important there. <laughs> I'd just like to clarify. Um, so kind of the two fields of thought that seem to be rising out of this are we either believe that we create the world as it's perceived through ourselves mm-hmm. or the world ex- exists and we perceive it and they exist separately. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. two... That's it, like kind of the two main of thoughts is yeah, that something objectively what, exists and we perceive it or something exists but we subjectively create what exists kind of thing is what you're kind of getting at i think yeah sort of i, I just wanted to know where everyone's at it's with that it's more of if i don't exist does this still exist you know? right it's so would you like, say joel that if you're not here to perceive that does that still exist for you idea, for me it doesn't well, not, no, does it still exist wait so right. we're going to we're going to this is around this is kind of a good way to kind of wrap it up almost because we're getting close to the, um, the amount of time that i'd like to make this mm-hmm. be but it's kind of like he used that example in class a lot it's like we have this pink skull his name is york and it's like york exists but when you leave the classroom does york exist as you see it kind of thing like york is a pink skull if you leave the classroom is York still pink? Is that like a, is that if a tree fell is? and nobody's there? The we did the same cat? thing. It's called we did the crack in the forest. If two okay. people are in the for in in a forest and they hear a tree crack, you, they perceive it the same way, right? Because you might hear, I might hear crack and Joel might hear a thunder or type something. of sound. Yeah, exactly. I but perceive we, it as being thunder. Right, but we both kind of hear the same sound wave and the same stimulus. I think without. But how do we know what actually it kind of sounds like? That, well, I mean, obviously you just said that, but that sort of like that ties directly into what Braden was saying, and I think that, and this is like the most like non-committal answer ever. (laughs) But like, I think that the only thing with the with the knowledge that we have as physical beings, the only thing that we can logically confirm and like say that logically we can go directly to the answer is that we create the reality that we perceive like what you were saying that's because like we have no idea of anything external to us and i think that the just that's just a reality of being a physical being is that you can't confirm anything but i think that if we were somehow capable of perceiving that and like knowing definitively i would think that the answer would be is that the universe actually does exist and we are viewing and we are perceiving something that is actually there but right. like we can't but we can't like logically there's no train there's no of thought way. that can like bridge that gap yeah. to there so the only thing we can logically confirm is that we create the universe through our experience but i don't think we actually do basically. right so you're saying that something exists we don't know what it is but our brain imposes say structure on it yes and how we perceive it yeah. 
but we don't actually know if our structure is what's actually out there. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, probably. Okay, so this is kind of a good place to kind of wrap it up, and I want to go back through and see if anyone's kind of changed their opinion or are still kind of like, yeah, maybe color exists differently from what we see it, but no, that that's a square kind of thing. Yeah, okay. So I think we started with Brayden. So would you say anything's changed, or would you say like yeah i agree with most of the points that like there's something out there but what's out there we don't actually know but it's just how i perceive it yeah i would say what's out there doesn't necessarily matter if we can't attain that knowledge that is out there yeah all that really matters is whatever we perceive and come to rational conclusions and consensus on to allow us to look for further things we can conclude on is all that matters Right, but so, we can still build on those hypotheses. We can still build on that. So you we can still build on the perceptions that we have, so long as we agree that we are sharing, in some sense, a similar perception. Like so when you, I say that that TV is black, and we all agree upon that it, that that TV is black, we can build upon that to go further. Whether or not that TV is actually black doesn't matter to me. Okay. It's just the fact that we can all agree on our perception of that thing, no matter what we are seeing, whether that be like. If that is black for me and blue for you, we're both saying that that thing is black. That's that matters. That's, that's the part that matters. That matters. Okay. That's all that matters to me. Yeah. All right. I agree with that. So, Jack, how would you say this kind of talk has has it changed your opinion on how we perceive the environment, or you still kind of are the same as how you started? No, I, I think it brought me to a train of thought where I believe things do exist, but it's for us it's just a reality of how we perceive it right but i don't really want to start another discussion but for some reason um touch seems like something that can't be fooled as much as sight hearing i know i know you have that example but what about yeah. touch when you there's nothing to touch? I mean, like he's just he's just saying his opinion. We're not going to yeah, yeah. We don't have time to really get into. I don't that really discussion. want to get into it, but yeah, I feel no, that's like fine. It's but, it's your, it's but that's opinion. just my opinion. Yeah. Or something there's, like t something like touch to me seems like something that isn't as fallible. Yeah, exactly. It's not as fallible as color, color, sound, like things that can be fooled. Is it's. The medium they travel through is almost less, it feels like. Yeah, right. I don't know. Like, that's fine. There's no right or wrong Touching something feels more real than seeing a color. Okay. Seeing a color feels like I could be perceiving it in my own different way, but touching something for whatever, I don't really know how to describe why, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it feels no, more fine. real to me. Mm -hmm. well, that's and that's valid. something I've just kind of been thinking about. So, mm -hmm. but No, that's, that's good. Nobody's right or wrong here. I just want to try and get a gauge of everybody's opinion. So... Joel, how do you would you say this has changed um, your opinion on like everything we create is subjective, or would you say um, like Jack, like touch, I can't no. be fooled on touch, but color is subjective. I think I've all I, I think that I've always to some extent at least in becoming more educated, at least I'm, I think I'm at the point where I believe that our bodies aren't perfect. We make mistakes, um, and that however like it's it's just it just comes down to a matter of like kind of what Braden is saying is does it matter like the train of thought is does it matter whether or not something exists like if it does if it if if like if i can perceive something and i can touch it and i can smell it and i can taste it or see it and I can work with it, then I think I think that's all that matters. And I, I don't think that necessarily. I think the thought experiment is cool to less to kind of think. Well, we can't be sure, but I don't think that that necessarily is is like something that influences me. I think that as a person, I am just going to use what I have to at least try to successfully move through these experiences. You know what I mean? Like so, I would just say it's more of just a. It's it's not. I think I now knowing that is it's it's better now that I know that I'm not always going to be right, but I'm still gonna be relying on those senses to get through the day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, I get that. And valid take on things like we try to navigate our environment to the best as possible. It's not always right, but it's good enough. 
Mm. That's the kind of thing. It's not perfect. It's just good enough to, that we survive kind of thing. So, Chris, I'd like you to weigh in on this. So, sorry, who, like, I'm just... So, like, at the start of this, you explained, like, yeah, like, what we perceive is kind of exactly accurate to the environment. Would you say this discussion has changed? Would you think it's like, oh, well, maybe that's not actually kind of there and, like, that kind of train of thought? Yeah. Um, I think I pretty much share and still hold the similar belief that I had at the beginning, which is essentially just, like, while I think our, like, how we perceive things and our senses and stuff like that are enough to get us through the day, they are still easily deceived. I think we all have, like, all of our senses have faults and can be exploited in, like, tons of different ways, no matter which sense it is. Mm -hmm. I still think all of them have their faults, but it is enough to still get us through the day like your daily life and stuff like that so okay um i would just sort of reiterate kind of what i said like a little earlier like um like we can't logically say in any capacity that like the universe that we all see together actually exists um because we just don't have that information or a way of knowing that so the only logical place that we can get to is that the universe is created through our perception of it, I guess. But I would like, and this might seem like a goofy analogy, so stop me if it doesn't make any sense, but like, if you're reading a book or something, and you take like one person before and after, or maybe two people that are two different places in the book, or like a movie, like, um, like in Star Wars, like if you had somebody before they watched the scene where they said Luke is Darth Vader's father or whatever, or uh, other way around, Darth, Darth Vader is Luke's father. father. Right. It's like they don't have the information to be able to make that leap and say, I definitively know that Darth Vader is actually Luke's father. And it's like, that's in, in my, in, and like, we don't, we will never get to that point, I don't think, as, as we are, where we'll be able to sort of get beyond the hump of the story or whatever and like say i have this information now so i can definitively say that the universe actually does physically exist like i don't think that we are capable of perceiving that or like knowing the answer to that but like on a gut instinctual level as a physical being you who like see who's never known anything other than the world i see it's like you would have to bet like that it does exist but that's just kind yeah. of like a evolutionary and bias it's, and it's accurate yeah exactly you, you like your gut your instinct says that it's accurate but your logic the only place you can get with your logic and knowledge is that it it could very well be a creation of our mind basically yeah i think that that analogy actually works really well because if you've never watched star wars before before you get to darth vader's luke's father you kind of like think of everything differently you watch it with a different experience but if you've watched it a couple of times and you understand and have that knowledge it's a different perception it's a different perception when you watch the movie you know like maybe when darth vader does this certain act you're like why the hell did he do that but then you watch and it's like oh he did that because he's luke's father yeah like the ending of a story changes your experience of everything and like right. And, like, we're a because, like, when you think about it, like, we're technically really, temp like, temporally, we're in a different plane than the one that the story is happening in. It's, like, you can go back into a book and, like, move backwards and forwards in the temporal, like, strain of a story and stuff like that. But, like, you can't do that with your reality. Like, I can't be, like, I can't think to myself right now, how am I going to feel five minutes from now? Yeah, and then jump right. five minutes from now, experience that, and then come back and say, oh, that's how I'm going to feel five you're minutes. You're going to change your right. experience based yeah. off of that. So, knowledge. exactly. Yeah. So, you can't, like, if, but if I was a, but, like, yeah, so it, it's, if I was betting, I would say, yes, the universe actually does exist. But if I had to, like, logically say something, it would be, okay, we create this perception, basically. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I think I'll try and yeah. wrap it up and actually answer part of the question that was, I have to answer for this project is that, at the start of the class, I was like, yeah, no shit, everything is accurate. Like, that's how I survive. I see a Coke bottle, and it's like, yeah, that's red. But then as the class goes on, and we have all these different examples of how filters and our previous knowledge of things, it changes how we perceive things and how we can be easily fooled on anything. There's experiments where you block off one of your hands, and you have a fake hand, 
and you start rubbing both of them at the same time and then you try and slap the fake hand you'll have a reaction because you think that hand is actually a part of you so it's like experiments like that is like oh it kind of got me thinking like man maybe we are wrong most of the time but it's just good enough or right it's not like maybe we're wrong but there's an external external stimulus that we don't know exactly how it exists but it's just how we perceive it and i guess that's how mine has changed is that before i thought it was like yeah that exists and now it's like well maybe that probably doesn't exist because we can be fooled on all our different senses and I, and I guess I hope that's good enough for this project because it's <laughs> worth 40% of the grade. But I'd like to thank you all for joining me and having this discussion. I actually thought it went really well. Yeah, there you go. Sweet. Right. So you get to end it, Brayden. <laughs>